Welcome to the Banking with Life Q&A series. This is where I answer your questions concerning the infinite banking concept. Let's get started. Is there a reason to use irrevocable trust? And if so, when would you, when would it make the most sense? You know, potential changes in the estate tax rules, which I kind of answered that in the previous question. The estate tax rules change all the time. Um, without giving legal advice, the irrevocable trust is typically used for asset protection and then to control assets that are not counted in your state and you don't have ownership in those assets either. When you put things into an irrevocable trust, they are no longer yours. They're not counted in your estate. Um, the trustee has control of them and they're counted in the valuation of that trust. So if the life insurance, if I own life insurance on me, repeating from the first question, if I own life insurance on my own life, that death benefit is counted into my estate. So historically, um, what is called an ILA, it's an irrevocable life insurance trust, are used to bring the estate valuations down by transferring life insurance into an irrevocable trust. Um, should you do that, you need to discuss what you need to do in your particular situation with the proper uh, profession, whether it, and it should be an attorney, when it comes to legal uh, decisions, you should have access to an attorney. You should have a relationship with a, an attorney. So irrevocable trust is they're primarily used for um, estate planning and asset protection. So when you consider life insurance, um, life insurance already acts like a pre-engineered tax-free trust. Think about that. There are three primary components to a life insurance policy, your people, right? the owner, the insured, and the beneficiary. Most states, not all, but most states have uh, impressive asset protection when it comes to life insurance. And then already the cash value accumulates tax deferred and is accessible tax-free. And then the death benefit is paid income tax-free upon your graduation. So depending on the size of your estate and the estate uh, limitations tax the estate tax limitations it may be in your best interest to put a life insurance policy into an irrevocable trust but do not do that until you've spoken with an attorney and then your your financial professional okay um, because once you do that you can't undo it you know once you put it in there you're not taking it out okay so I hope that helps this question could you elaborate on the Bitcoin comment in the PSYOPs video, do you have more info? That episode was 82 with Jordan, I believe. All cryptocurrency, in my opinion, is a psychological operation, all right? Getting the, the world ready for digital currency, paperless, cashless societies. Um, and I understand today most of the transactions in the banking world, in the money world, they're digits and credits. I get that. So we're a long way down the road going toward digital currency. But in my opinion, the governments around the world want full control over your money and your cash flows. They 
can track Bitcoin. They can track uh, these digital currencies, these cryptocurrencies. So the idea that you're hiding money from the from the powers that be is not true. I mean, you're you're a uh, victim of psychological operations. Okay, today they cannot track cash transactions, and they can't stand it. They want to control your every financial movement. My opinion. So that's my. You know, additional comments on the psyops. All cryptocurrency, number one, it's not currency. It's not money. It's completely speculative. Can you make a lot of money? Sure you can. You can lose a lot of money, too. People have. I don't know how many multimillionaires are, uh, are pseudo-multimillionaires because they lost their, their key code, you know, to their, to their wallets. Uh, I'm just saying that that's my expansion on the comments. It's a psychological operation getting the world population to accept, desire, and even request complete digital currency. And this question, how would one use IBC policies for business partnerships? You know, uh, there are so many ways that, that you can use IBC policies. I personally prefer to own life insurance policies privately. So I want to personally own them. And then I can lend money to anyone, even entities that I'm part ownership in. Right? It's got to be fully documented. I'm not trying to hide money or avoid taxation. I just want to control the banking function. right? So properly documented, I can loan any entity, including mine, you know, money. I can give them a I can I can extend a line of credit to them. I can I can finance particular items for them, the entities, right? Um you can use key man. You can use, uh, so if I have a key employee, I can have key person insurance on them. If I have employees that I'd like to retain and the old idea of golden handcuffs and private pensions, you know, we can set up a deferred benefit for the employee. If they stay X number of years, you'll get X number in bonus. If you graduate between now and then, your people will receive you know, a certain amount as, as far as the uh, death benefit. And so there are so many, look, your business, every business, every household has cash flows and they make purchases. So everything you purchase, you're financing. Think about that. And it's not that complicated. It doesn't have to be esoteric. You either pay cash and give up interest forever that you could have otherwise earned or you formally finance with a third-party lender. There's no exceptions whether you agree or understand or disagree or don't understand. That is fact. So if I want to control the banking function and I don't want to give up interest forever, I'm going to accumulate a substantial amount, as much as I possibly can, cash in a life insurance policy, which is a private contract that I have as the owner all of the rights to. And I'm gonna exercise my rights, right? And I'm gonna borrow against that cash value. I'm gonna collateralize that cash value by contract. And then I'm gonna control the loan repayment. So I'm controlling the banking function. Um, 
And if you think that through, every purchase that you make as an individual, as a family, or a business is financed. And I just want to become my own banker. I don't want to be dependent upon third-party lenders. I don't want the banker showing up, asking me how it's going, where's my money, you know, what are you doing? It's like, get out of my office. I'm doing what I want to do. This question. What happens if the dollar collapses? What would insurance companies do? Well, what would happen if the dollar collapses? Well, let's see, the dollar collapses. Look, economy is still going to exist among men, period. So the, if the dollar collapses or any other currency collapses, it's going to be replaced with some other form of currency. Right, so every asset that you have currently, if you're in the U.S., is valued in dollars, Every asset that you have, if the dollar collapses, it's going to be revalued with a new currency. Life insurance is the same way. Um, and I can't control that. But what I can control is what I'm doing with the cash values. Okay, so, and most of the time these upheavals happen suddenly. But, you know, we can pay attention and see generally what's going on and what direction we're going in the big wide world. So, if I think something tragic is going to happen... Um, I could personally go borrow against the life insurance policies and buy gold, silver, cryptocurrencies, water filters, tobacco, whiskey, ivermectin, you know, antibiotics, automobiles, you know, uh, engines that don't run on digital chips. I can do whatever I want. I could go buy cows. I can do whatever it is I want. Okay. Um, and, and so if the dollar collapses, there's going to be some form of currency or valuation, some kind of a medium of exchange that we're all going to use. And then the other question, I mean, it wasn't asked here. The other question is, what if the markets collapse? Well, what if they collapse? You know, you can't control that either. Maybe I would want to have water filters, tobacco, whiskey, cigarettes and I don't even smoke although I do enjoy a good cigar every now and then so I hope that helps okay this is kind of a long one Chuck it's kind of a statement I guess and maybe it winds up in a question we'll see James I appreciate what you guys do on your podcast I appreciate how true to Nelson's concepts you keep the conversation thank you for that acknowledgement and the kind words I appreciate that we do make a clear effort to stay on topic okay um, in line with nelson's teachings i would i would like to suggest something for the podcast nelson mentioned that we need to expand our thinking i have found in my experience that i often don't know what it is that i don't know we're all in that same boat we do not know what we do not know and the more i discover i know the more i discovered i don't know Right. But once I see a particular way of thinking about a subject, it shifts everything for me from that point on. I have heard plenty of buying a car, buying real estate, using the cash value and the policy. What other things have you heard people use that was just an awesome imaginative use of the policy? Maybe even tack it on to the beginning of your Q&A episode. Well, thanks for the encouragement, Chuck. That's part of the reason why we have guests on. I bring guests on all the time. I'm going to record after this Q&A recording. But 
we bring guests on and they share their stories on what they're doing. So for that purpose, to to share with the listeners what they're doing, what they have done, what they've thought about, their whole thought process of even being exposed to the infinite banking concept and then going through that thought process of mentally, you know, getting over the word life insurance. Where am I going to come up with a premium? How long do I have to pay a premium? How do I actually use it? You know, what I'm thinking about using it on. Everything, every major purchase in your life is financed. All right. And so how much of that function, that financing function, banking, right? That's what banking is, the movement of money. How much of that do you want to control? So anything, everything that you purchase, you're financing. All right. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, financing your groceries and every, you know, small expense in a household. Can that be done? Yes, it can be done, right? But that is not where you start. But people, they do everything, I mean, there's all, if you get 10 people in a room, they're doing 20 different things. All right. So automobiles, medical deductibles, dental expenses, dental deductibles, vacations, educations, uh, whether it's college or uh, tutoring, you know, if you're homeschooling the books and the, and the fees associated with that, every major purchase, right? We have clients that, that use their credit card on every every purchase, and then they finance the credit card with the life insurance policy, right? So they never even wind up paying interest to the credit card, but they rack up all their points and their miles. Everything that you purchase is financed. How much of that banking function do you want to control? Okay. What are some things we can do to add velocity to the banking, quote unquote, banking system? Listen, the velocity of money is how many times does a dollar go through an economy? Okay, so how many times can you keep a dollar turning over in your own economy without it leaving your economy? So when I practice the infinite banking concept, I'm borrowing against the cash values and financing something. I have a loan repayment. If I pay that loan repayment down on an accelerated fashion, say I'm setting up a loan repayment at X percent, it's going to X percent interest. It's going to take me five years, 60 months to pay it off. Right. And I shorten that amortization time from 60 to 48. That's velocity. Right. I have caused that balance to go down quicker. Um, when you practice the infinite banking concept, you are always using leverage and velocity, always. So, you know, the terminology of velocity banking is just a marketing terminology to me. Is it bad? No, it is what it is. If you practice the infinite banking concept, you are going to practice velocity and leverage, period. Okay. And everything, as I said or as I answered your previous question, Chuck, everything you purchase, you're financing. So, you know, think of everything that you're purchasing. Every time you're driving down the highway and you see a car lot with all those brand new cars stacked up or RVs or boats, every bit of that is financed. Right? It's costing somebody money to have all of that product on their showroom floor. Oh, wait a minute. 
You went to Home Depot, you went to Lowe's, you, all of these stores you go to, all of that product on those shelves are being financed. Everything is being financed in this world. So continue to expand your thinking, sir. Do you offer a review of the existing policies to see if they were structured the best? Not currently, but I'm considering making that offer, you know, available. Like, do you want a second opinion? Do you want a policy review? Um, just send us an email. All right, we can talk about it. James at bankingwithlife.com. This question, Mike asks, James, I see the Great Dane painting behind you. That would be over my left shoulder, right to right of your screen. I can't make out what what's on the picture over your right shoulder, though. What is it? Well, that is a uh, creation of Andrew, our AV ninja, and he created that picture of Nelson and I. It's a great work. Andrew did a great job of that. I really like it. He did an outstanding job. So that's Nelson Nash and myself. And maybe Andrew can put that up on the screen for you to be able to see that. The Great Dane is not actually a painting of our Great Dane, my wife and I, um, or Ryan Griggs. Ryan got himself a Great Dane because they're so lovable, the Great Danes. Anyway, uh, my wife had that one created. Hey, James, enjoy all of the podcast. Thank you. Many, quote unquote, older retirees have most of their wealth tied up in their home, mostly paid for. What is the wisest way to transfer that home equity to a properly structured dividend paying whole life insurance policy for infinite banking? Should they consider a HELOC then pay it off with policy loans they also pay back? Thanks and warmest regards. Well, thanks for the question and the kind words, David. And, you know, most all of America has the majority of their wealth either in a qualified retirement plan and or their home, their primary place of residence. And your the real estate is just not liquid. You know, in an up market like today, yeah, it's very liquid, right? But for you to access that equity, you have to go to the third-party lender, right? A HELOC, you're going to a third-party lender. Can you do that? Sure, you can do that. What is the best way? I, well, if a situation calls for the access of the equity in the home, and I'm not, just because we own an asset and we have equity in it doesn't mean we want to extract the equity, right? But if that case were, if that were to be the case, then a HELOC is as good as any other loan, right? I mean, I personally have many times, and I prefer 30-year fixed mortgages. Um, and I've done many cash out refinances, cash out, I refinance, cash out, pay a PUA premium all day long, every day. Um, so remember the golden rule, right? He who has the gold makes the rules. The banker can do whatever he wants. So a HELOC is probably better than, in my opinion, a 30-year, 15-year mortgage. At the end of the day, I encourage people to maintain control of their leverage. Never a problem until there's a problem. But when there's a problem, and generally these problems occur suddenly, and you're over leveraged, then assets start swapping hands. So in an older person that has the majority of their 
wealth tied up in their primary place of residence, I don't know if that's the wisest idea to extract all of that equity and pay a life insurance premium. All right? Okay. I hope that helps, sir, David. If you have a question that you would like an answer to, email us at james at bankingwithlife.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.